Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Natalie Doyle Oldfield, welcome to It's TechTastic. It's lovely to have you here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you're the author of a book that I've read, Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. You've got a a website that I would recommend people go check out too, which is successthroughtrust.com. And as we were talking in the the lead up to this conversation we're about to have, you talked about trust being the most important asset of a company. One of the things that I will get asked almost immediately after this show, like the comments will come in and they'll say, okay, Christian, define trust. So can you help my audience with like, when you say trust and we're talking about it this way what do you really mean well in a business sense trust is a faith or belief that someone is going to do the right thing in the future that you have confidence in them that they're going to act in your best interest that they have integrity and they will take your best interests in mind when they make their decisions It also means that they're going to deliver on their promises. It's a great question to start with, actually. So I have a program called the Trusted Advisor Certification Program, and we often start the program with, let's define trust. At the end of the day, what it really means to most people, it's really that someone is going to act in their best interest and do the right thing for them. And they're going to serve them in the way that is doing the right thing. This is where trust became kind of a driver for a lot of things for me, and it was at Nike. And we had a moment when we were building the Nike e-commerce store. Yeah. And and Nike's huge on the brand, right? And a brand is all trust. 100%. What happened was uh, somebody came to me and said, we have to put product reviews on all of our products. And I said, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. And they argued with me, showed me all the math behind it, of course. And we said, okay, look, here's what I think is going to happen, but let's test it and find out. And what happened was we sold less products and it all came down to that trust bit. If they're at Nike.com, they already love Nike. You don't need to convince them that this is a great thing. But the instant you put something out there on Nike.com, they don't believe it's real. They believe it's Nike selling them and telling them that it's a review or it's a negative review. Both of them are bad outcomes. And so you're breaking the trust just by having- Yeah, interesting. But it was the brand identity piece of it that was the first time where it became a like a measurable, discernible thing that you had to value. And it was at Nike where I got taught that lesson early. Yeah, well, trust is actually the most critical asset every company has. When you have high trust equity, you have all these wonderful things happening in your company. You have employees that are engaged, they're happy, they're productive, they want to stay there, and they tell their friends they want to work there. When you have high trust equity, you have clients that want to refer you, that want to bring you new opportunities, share new potential client opportunities, talk to you about new products. And in addition to that, they're loyal. 
they want to continue to work with you and buy more product with you and do more projects with you. So your revenue goes up and your profits go up because you're retaining your current customers. So it's actually the most important asset we should all be managing and protecting. Most people trust those people that they understand their motivations, their desires, their needs, wants, etc. And your, yes. your brain only has so much space to keep that live with so many people at any moment in time. Related to that is misunderstanding. Like there's, there's when we say things, we might mean one thing and the other person hears something else and those miscommunications, Absolutely. right? And so for me, when I think of trust, I immediately go to, I've been married for 24 years and I go to that relationship, right? We trust yeah. each other. And it's because when I misspeak, she understands the desire behind what I meant to say, right? Yeah. She knows you're in, you have positive intentions. And so how does a business, because you're putting marketing out there, you've got your employees out there, you've got former customers and all that out there. Mm -hmm. How does a company share that intent that, and those desires, wants and needs with the rest of the world around them so that they can build trust? They do that through their people through their employees. So for every company, whatever type of business that you're in or your listeners are in, Christian, it all comes down to the people. When we're putting trust in another company or we're putting it actually in the people, we trust people. So it comes down to making sure that the people are trustworthy and they have the skills to know how to build, manage, and protect relationships of trust. So it really comes down to the people. And I often say every company, like I said, no matter what you're in, there's one critical trust risk point, and that's the people. How they communicate, how they behave, and how they serve. One of the things that I always feel breaks trust between an employee and a company is any lack of transparency. Yes the reasons behind doing something. And the hard part for some leaders has been they don't actually know their own motivations, right? So then I need to hire people that are self-reflective enough, self-aware enough that they can understand their own, like, why would I do this? Why would I make this decision? So that they can be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. Is there other things you would look for when you're building out your team to determine that person is trustworthy? Like what's good signaling for that? During an interview process, if they are honest and transparent with you, that would be one way. If you're in the middle of an interview and you get the sense that they are good listeners, that, um, you know, we all trust people who understand us. And step one to building a relationship of trust is listening carefully with empathy and compassion. You know, those are some things you can sense in an interview. Some people, like you said, are very self-aware. In fact, there's lots of people who are. As you know, I work with a lot of technical talent and they are extremely important to organizations because they know their lane, their technology, whatever it is that they're focused on, whether they're a scientist or an engineer or a physicist or a computer scientist, they know their technical abilities. However, a lot of them haven't really focused on what I would call core skills, Christian. They call soft skills. They just haven't focused on that. So they're not as aware that that's an area that they could focus on. 
So you have to be careful in an interview process because sometimes you have a real gem that hasn't been trained in how to communicate or hasn't been trained in, in how to do a great interview. This is a very good point. It actually builds up in an organization over time too. Yeah. I can't remember who said this to me, but if you hire a B player, you'll end up with all C and D players. And yeah. that works with this in particular. If somebody is not trustworthy and they pull somebody in that are less trustworthy, or if they're not aware enough of what to look for and be a good interviewer and have empathy and, and have a fairly high IQ, they're the gatekeepers to your organization. And if your organization, its most valuable thing is trust, and that's based Based on the people you have, the most dangerous thing you can do then is have leaders that lack training in this or uh, lack yeah. the skills, right? Yeah, I really believe, Christian, in today's world, trust is a leadership imperative. Mm -hmm. There's a study done that 50% of people do not trust their managers. Ouch. They don't trust their boss. Yeah. So it's an issue. And for companies that want to grow their business, they typically do that with their current customers and with the team they have. What I've found is that a lot of this fantastic technical talent that we were talking about, they actually want to learn the skills to build relationships of trust, not only with their colleagues, but with customers. And a lot of really great technical experts in a company are put in front of clients because they're so good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And they have deep knowledge of a product or a system or a way to design something that the company wants them in front of clients, but they just don't have the skills to build the relationships of trust. So there is a step-by-step -step process that you can learn how to become a trusted advisor, how you can learn to build a relationship of trust with a customer. And when I use the word trusted advisor, I really believe that we all wanna buy from someone we trust. We all wanna do business with someone we trust. So we wanna have someone that gives us advice that we can trust and work with, deal with trusted advisors. It's one of those things when you say it, it's so obvious because you think of like, what is an influencer? It's somebody you trust to tell you something about, you know, whatever it is. That's right. Or what does an endorsement even mean? It's somebody that you trust that's telling you something's great. Yes. So, yeah. I'm getting some quotes to uh, replace some of the boards on our deck. We've had so much rain that we have to get some boards fixed. And so what do I do? I ask my neighbors, who would you recommend? Who's done the work for you? And that's what we do in business to business sales too, right? That's what Absolutely. we do in the technology world. If someone says, look, you know, I'm looking at this new system. Who do you think could develop this? Who would be some recommendations? Or a client might say, look, you're so great at this. I'm going to suggest you talk to this people. And I actually had a guy in, in one of my trusted advisor certification program who is a software developer and he joined the program because he was being asked to get on more client calls and his manager was kind of nervous about putting him in front of a client without him in the room yeah and the guy in my program whose first name is paul he was uncomfortable too because he didn't want to say the wrong thing he really didn't know what questions to ask he very smart really technical, so valuable, but he answered all his questions, yes or no. There's nothing wrong with that. However, if you say no, you're shutting someone down. If you say yes, your client wants to know, okay, what else? 
Anyhow, all this to say, he went through the program and we go through a step-by-step process. It's based on the scientific method. So when I created the framework, as you know, from reading my book, it's, it's a framework based on science and evidence. We were in the module around empathy and understanding the client's situation. And after that session, he had a call with a client said, listen, I think I understand your situation. And he had a little exercise to do for the next module. And lo and behold, he came back to the session on week four and said, I extended our project by six months because I understood the client situation and I proposed a few things that we could do to help them down the road. That's what a trusted advisor does. As you're saying that, I'm reminded of the movie Office Space. There was an individual in it whose role was the product manager. They were saying, I have people skills, people like me. And they're like, well, what do you do, Bob? And Bob says, well, I take the requirements from the customer and I give it to the engineers. The reason this comes to mind is what you were just saying is that perception of low EQ, lack of ability to sit in front of a customer and talk to them for the engineer for the technical talent. And it's this historical thing that sits there for some reason. What I found is very similar to what you were just describing is that if I take Take somebody, like they do this, they're excited by it, they built this thing, they want to share it with other people. The hardest thing about being an engineer, in my view, is that nobody gets to see the cool things you did. And so like when you have that opportunity to sit down with somebody who is interested in it, that wants to use it and wants your help, it's a really fulfilling thing. Yeah. And so you want to give that to all of them, yeah, right? Of but we often protect the engineers. We, we try to keep them away from it. And I know why. I, I know the historical, you know, it's not just they think they're bad with people, it's that oftentimes we want to protect their time. That's right. I want them right. That's right. Yeah. We want to protect their time. Yes. So we're getting down to the last few minutes in the time we have available. And I wanted to make sure that everybody, if they wanted to know more, where would they get this step-by-step process? What's the best way to learn more and become that uh, trusted advisor? The best way is to go to my website, which is successthroughtrust.com. And you can download an assessment of your team to see how trustworthy your team might be. And you can sign up to schedule a one-on-one call. And I'm happy to walk through and see if I can help you out in any way. The Trusted Advisor Certification Program that I mentioned is a step-by-step process that takes people through the eight principles of trust and it takes place over a six-week period so you're certified a lot of professional engineers and project managers use it for continuing education credits i'd also recommend that you connect with me on linkedin i put lots of articles up there christian that might be helpful and there's tools there as well So my website, download an assessment, and that will get you uh, some tools to start with. Natalie, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.